Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome along to the... Pro- you know, I just had one of those mild senior moments where I, I sat down, I moved, moved the microphone and adjust all the levels and everything else, and then I thought, where have my glasses gone? Where have my glasses... I was like that woman in Fawlty Towers where she goes, and where have my... And Basil's going, they're on your head. They're on your head. And I'm going, where are my glasses gone? Where are my glasses... Open up the glasses case, nothing in it. Can't see a thing. Suddenly realise they're in my pocket. Daft. Good start to the programme, isn't it? Good start. Nice to have your company. Welcome along. I trust you are well today and had a good night last night. Now it's been announced, the, um, the line-up for the Strictly Come Dancing. It's OK. It's OK. It's nothing, nothing to shout about, I'm afraid. The, the usual sort of uh, BBC doing a little bit of self-promotion. Uh, let's stick one of our presenters who nobody really likes on there. In fact, actually, let's put quite a few people that nobody really liked. But at least just spared the sights of... Uh, ghastly Kerry Katona and um, poor old Amy Childs over in, in Celebrity Big Brother. Not that any of them are celebrities, I'm afraid, apart from Jedward, who we, who we all just think are a little bit slightly peculiar. Um, and uh, they're now saying that all these endorsements that Amy Childs could be getting could be going out the window. To be honest with you, I mean, I'd, I wouldn't have thought she was capable of endorsing a pencil. Not really a fan of Amy Childs. And then people are going, oh, her and Lucy are the new Peter... And uh, Jordan. No, they're not. They're just another two drearies. Nancy Delolio is ever so funny. She's, uh, she's talking in one of the papers today, because you can't shut her up, I'm afraid, on how she hopes the, uh, the public are going to like her. They don't like you, dear. I'm really sorry. I don't have to break this to you, but you really should be well aware of the fact that nobody knows who you are. We just see you in the papers, and then we check, and we see if you've got any credibility for being anything at all. And the answer is no. You had an affair with Sven Goran Eriksson, and that's the extent of it. That is your claim to fame. What an embarrassment you are. 33 to 1. Sven out of Sven. Uh, Lulu, will she make you want to shout? I think she'll do really well, Lulu. Uh, Alex Jones, she'll just be irritating, I'm afraid, and fake. And as, um, as Christo said earlier on, Chelsea Healy, who are you, dear? Who are you? Apparently she's in Waterloo Road. Holly Valance. Neighbours. That's the extent of it. Anita Dobson, she'll do very well. I think Edwina Curry will do very well. And uh, and then there's some of the blokes. So we'll run through those a little bit later on. Plus, of course, on the programme this morning, we take your texts and emails, 84850, uk. Weave everything in as uh, as fast as our little legs will today. And uh, what else we got? It's, it's just mainly the... Pa- oh, and Jonathan Levi's in as well. There's a new book... New book. A new book out. Written by Kenny Ball and John Bennett. It's called Musical Skylarks, A Medley of Memories. We love Kenny Ball. Because uh, him and John founded the Trad Jazz Band back in 1958. I mean, hard to believe that 50 years on, they're still playing and still a firm friendship. That brilliant... Isn't that brilliant? So they have this uh, this new book out, which is lovely. Actually, Kenny was born in Ilford. I knew there was something. Uh, when we were sort of, um, um, you know, a long, long time ago, back on LBC, I used to bump into Kenny Ball because his lovely wife, Michelle, uh, was a listener to the programme. Now I think they've moved out either to Essex or Kent. I think they're a bit too far away. But uh, I used to see them, you know, fairly regularly. Fairly regularly. Either at sort of an LBC event or at uh, something else. I'm delighted he's got a book out, and I'm delighted that uh, the friendship is, is still with, with John, and uh, I'm delighted that, uh, that Michelle's still there with him as well. Lovely lady, really lovely lady. We actually sort of met up because Michelle lost her mum, um, and we talked. We had a lot in common in those days. We, all, we were all going through bereavements, and it was all a bit traumatic, and, 
you know, the kind of thing that, uh, that everybody goes through, unfortunately, as you get on a little bit in life. So, with uh, Jonathan Levi here, we take all your texts and emails. We'll have a, a few um, things for you to partake in later on. We'll need some help from you as we come up with one of our texts as well. Uh, I mentioned Amy Childs, and uh, she's, she's not very... She's either not very bright or she's not very good, but they've all shouted at her, and I think she suddenly realised that she screwed up what little chance of a career she had. Although not half as bad as poor Mark Wright, who turned up on that Keith Lemon programme, which I can never remember the title of. And um, I was watching it yesterday, and you suddenly realised what a plank he is. He can't, you know, he, he was put on a programme with celebrities, so he's a bit out of his depth. I think the only way that Mark Wright functions is when he's had a drink. And that's when he comes a little bit leery, because on the programme, he's, he's a bit boring. And when you actually sort of see him on a television programme, he's, there's not much to him. He's a little bit... <sighs> little piece of paper you can you can blow away lots of filth language i've never understood how holly willabooby can get away with being um, a main presenter on itv and then you, you and then you put her onto that keith lemon program there's f words left right and center everybody was using them every even people i mean there was one man on there a big fan of and i've never heard him swear before i was a bit shocked a little bit. I was a shocked yesterday, and I did find out the answer from Nick Ferrari. Do you remember I said I turned on uh, old Titmarsh's show? And, uh, and I was waiting for all the talking heads to pop up. And, and I thought I got halfway through the programme, and there was no Nick Ferrari or Gloria Honeyford or anything like that on the programme. They've axed them. They have no more talking heads now. ITV Network Centre have, have decreed they don't want that. Now, whether they've axed them from every programme, because I'm assuming, I'm only guessing, that having three on there, and they use them throughout the programme, that must be, well, I would think... Wait a minute, let's have a, let's have a quick workout at, at sort of costings of these things. Because it does come down to cost, I'm afraid, whichever way you look at it. So I think you're looking at now, that a day times five, that times... Oh, dear. So times four times times uh, 12... I think you're saving a quarter of a million pounds a year just on Titmarsh's show. That's what I think you're saving by not having the talking heads. Because I reckon they're on between two, three, three fifty each. So three, you're looking at roughly a thousand pounds a day. And obviously, somebody has said, "Listen, that's that's a lot of money to spend on that." And also, we'd, we'd, and then there's cars. So we've got to have cars in and cars back. No point just saying the, bu- the bus stops down there, I'm afraid, because it doesn't work. So a lot of people who rely on it as part of their income are going to be losing out. So there'll be no more of that. Now, whether they've axed it from everybody else, I don't know. But apparently, the ruling is now they want experts. So they want experts to go on there. So we had a woman talking about holidays. Now, I'd have booked John Warrington, because he's, he's been everywhere. He knows everything. And I didn't think she was that good, the woman who was doing the holidays. But it's, it's, it's the period of the experts. So if they do a wine feature, you'll have a wine expert. You can't just have somebody on who drinks wine. And that's where the celebrities enjoyed it. But they were all on a nice little earner. So now all that's, that's finished. But I've yet to find out whether or not it's running through the whole of ITV's programmes. Because every time I turned on the television, from this morning to Lorraine Kelly to uh, everything, they all had experts, be it Nick or James or whoever it was. And, they all, and people just rotated... They rotated everywhere. There was all sorts of people who, who, who popped up on it. Sometimes you sit there thinking, oh, Madge, at least it'll keep the warm-up man from the, uh, the old Titmar show off, I think. <laughs> used to get on my nerves, I'm afraid. Just a little tiny bit. In fact, quite a lot, actually. Uh, fully awake since 0300. 
is R. Gary. He says, I've just worked the last eight nights. Glad that's over. Just finished my coffee and marmalade on toast. I will now chill out and listen to the show. I'm also doing a nice five-kilometre run this evening for another charity called Sparks. Yes, I know all about Sparks, actually. They do the work... Uh, research into serious medical conditions with newborn babies and their parents. Actually, Noreen said good luck with the run for today. Obviously, she's more up to date with your runs than I am at the moment. I think you must be mad. I don't know where you get the energy from. I find it difficult. I mean, I had to run to... Because I suddenly realised at the beginning of the programme, I'd sort of... I'd been out there because now the front of the building is closed. And it's a new... It's a new sort of way... It's a new way into the building. Thank you. And um, so you have to come in and upstairs. Got a new little helper on the programme this morning. Thank you, boy. And um, scowl on the face, honestly. You can always tell when somebody's not happy, can you? They sort of come in and plonk the paper down. There you go, read it, you know, if you must. Done with such a grudge. You know, grudge. And he's, he's a nice little lad. He's, he's been here a little while now. And uh, we're, we're, we're trying to... Trying to sort of, because he hasn't been in the business very long, and he's, he's, he's not really very good with some people. He doesn't have a people persona. You know, he's a little bit grumpy. So this morning he's particularly grumpy. And if there's one thing you don't need when you're coming in the morning, it's grumpiness. So I, I, I get the car this morning, and we were going to go to the front of the building, and I said to go, no, no, you have to go to the back, because we have to use the back door now, because the reception is being revamped. So when it opens in December, it's going to be all singing, all dancing, and I think Imran's going to be making coffee for everybody, and Gary will be sort of doing frothy milk, and, and Oz and everybody else will be doing it. But you have to come in the back of the building, which is a much smaller entrance. Where everybody's going to fit, I've got no idea. How are we going to get Jonathan Levi into the building? Because you come in and there's only one lift in the back of the building, and that's got to get about 600 people in. <laughs> it's going to be quite some feat today. I tell you, especially if they all turn up at the same blooming time. So luckily Jonathan's in early. It's whether we can get him from the back door on the third floor, which he'll have to walk all the way down the st- and come back in the building again. Or sort of come in from, from our floor, where we normally sit. Hope that makes sense. So, uh, good luck to Gary with the run for today. And I'll tell you what's a very easy lunch for you, says Noreen. Get a wrap, lay some ham and cheese, not too much of it, roll it up, and then mic it for a minute. Is that microwave for a minute? It's gorgeous, and even I can cook that, but don't set the kitchen on fire. It's the story of my life, setting kitchens on fire, I'm afraid. I'm not, I'm not particularly brilliant in the kitchen. I've had wraps before. I'll tell you what I generally do. I put some ham, some cheese, and then a squirt of mayonnaise over the top. Because I'm going big on real mayonnaise. Should we make the boy do a cup of tea in a minute? I think we might... He's, he's looking a little bit underemployed. I don't know, I just sort of... I love it when they stand there vacantly and stare out the window, wistfully thinking of Caribbean holidays or Mykonos or something like that. You know, and thinking of... You know, perhaps drinks and lying on the sand and drilling holes in it with your fingers. We used to do that, you know, when you used to sunbathe years ago. You used to put your... You know, no, just me again. There you go. I'll run through the line-up of the, of the Strictly Come Dancing and some of the comments that they've made about themselves on how they think they're going to win you over. I think a couple of them might. The rest of them, I don't think, stand a cat in Hades chance. Quarter past five. <laughs> These are the stories you're waking up to. This morning, a football fan has died at the England-Wales Euro 2012 qualifier at Wembley last night after a fight. Six Welsh fans have been arrested after the Welsh supporter was found injured near turnstiles outside the ground just before kick-off. Senior figures at the Met Police face more questions later over the future of policing after last month's riots. Acting Commissioner Tim Godwin appears before the London Assembly after yesterday telling MPs the force could have deployed more officers more quickly. And it's claimed our health won't improve unless food companies are forced to sign up to tougher rules. The Children's Food Campaign says current voluntary guidelines are being ignored by many of our big food companies. 
Never one to be ignored with the travel. Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Well, a good start on... Well, again, pretty nice to have your company. Welcome along. It's uh, Wednesday, September the 7th. Just in case you're thinking of writing Christmas cards today, as indeed I'm sure some people will. Well, if you're sending abroad, I always forget to, to write Christmas cards in plenty of time. You think, I must send... I'd love to have an, a, a, be organised enough to have a secretary. Somebody who could say to you, right, all these are the people you need to send presents to. Uh, I've been out. I think it was in one of those films years ago where he was a big, high-powered TV executive. And, uh, and his secretary said, right, uh, now, now your brother, towels. And she went, towels? And he went, all right, video recorder. And, uh, and so, so it went down this list of people who either got a VCR or a set of towels, and that was the company Christmas present. Years ago, we used to get tins of toffees. I remember, actually, that was ideal for diabetics, you know. Probably killed more people off, slowly but surely. Uh, Nick Ferrari and the team with you at seven. How'd you get on the front pages of the papers? Answer, you go out in your bra and pants. And that's what Abby Clancy's done. And yesterday, she was out at, uh, at some do, and so what she's wearing is a see-through dress. I mean, I don't quite see... I mean, I'm sure it's very nice, dear, but it was freezing cold, and is the idea just... Oh, God, how stupid I am. Of course the idea is just to get on the front of the papers. But as you're now a married woman with children, do you really think that these outfits are appropriate for you? You know, you're not a page three girl. You know, you're not a page seven girl, and you're not a sort of a failed old glamour model. So perhaps a little bit of, little bit of decorum, something a little bit decent to wear when you go out. I mean, it, it does look a bit cheap, I'm afraid. It's very nice if you like this kind of flibbity-gibbet sort of outfits, but it looks like it's held together with about three bits of lace. And then it's got sort of like a neck curtain thing, which she's wearing, effectively, bra and pants. I suppose we had it with Liz Hurley, didn't we, with that dress. I'm sure they put it on. Oh, I couldn't believe that people wanted to photograph me. Of course you couldn't, dear. Of couldn't. Of course you couldn't. Uh, much talk yesterday of the story that we started with the man who gets the million pounds. And I said, you're not going to better take it away from him. ITV can sit there till the cows come home. And a lawyer will argue that he won it fair and square. Just because he might have been a little bit remiss in forgetting the fact that he was a brute thug. It's neither here nor there. He won the money. And consequently, everybody was talking about it. They were all saying exactly the same as we'd said at this time yesterday morning. What would be nice, but of course because he's not a very nice person, would be if he donated some money to a women's refuge. You know, gave half of it away, but of course he won't. He won't. And they've got lots of analysis in the papers, Dave, of why he won't. And the answer, he couldn't give a stuff. Why would he care? He's been in prison, he served the time for the crime, so now he's come outside again. I mean, admittedly, the papers are going to pillory him and they'll find as much stuff on him as they can. But uh, it's, it's going nowhere. And, uh, and Nathan Hageman is a millionaire, but he went on a TV show. That's their problem. They should have vetted him properly. They really should have done. And, uh, you know, people are saying, oh, ITV are furious and uh, the money should go to charity. Well, it's too late. It's too late now. Unfortunately, you know, and even Crusaders, and I understand where they're coming from, it's, it's too late. You cannot take the money back off him. He won it fair and, share, fair, fair and square. It's his money. I'm more worried, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, the fact he's not a nice person, luckily we now all are aware of it. I'm more worried about an untrained nurse who's been working inside the NHS for, it must be ages. She actually gave smear tests and injections to more than 1,400 patients. Now, to be honest with you, it kind of makes you feel a bit worried, especially if you're a, a woman who's now going to be receiving a letter. They're sending out letters to hundreds of women saying they don't think she did the smear test properly. What on earth possesses somebody, unless they're barking bloody mad, to pretend to be a nurse and give injections? Where do you learn to give injections? 
I mean, even I couldn't train somebody to do that. I mean, he must have got some experience from somewhere. And um, one here, uh, a woman says, I've had really sleepless nights because I had a cervical smear test with her. And you don't, I mean, you assume, don't you, when you go to the doctor's surgery, that the people you're seeing are qualified because they're wearing a uniform. This woman is pictured in some of the papers today. Um, a, a, a lot of people have said, well, she looked, she looked like a nurse. And um, we have had people before. We've had people masquerading as doctors. Does nobody check? I don't know. I said the other day, didn't I? Whenever you send your CV off to somebody, there's a blooming good chance that nobody, but nobody, is actually going to check um, what's what's written on it. If it says, you know, I've got a, a degree in midwifery from you know Brecon Beacons, whatever it happens to be, people just go, okay, that's fine. And I worked here under Doctor So and So, and I work. People just believe it because nobody's got the time to start checking things nowadays. The only thing that they never ask you if you're going to be a radio presenter is what are your qualifications? They never ask that. Your, your qualifications are what you do for a living. So, so you're never, ever going to be checked. Go, and I'm saying, did you go to the University of Calcutta in 1963, Stephen? I get, well, I might have done, I might have done. And, and you have your, uh, your, your, your degree in what? Pottery, pottery making. Oh, right, OK. And you have your own wheel. Yes, my own wheel at home, and I, I do make pots and things like that. Because nobody ever checks. But if you're going to be a nurse... You're going to be seeing people naked. I mean, I thought it was highly, highly dangerous. You know, if I'm going to go into my doctor's surgery, which I do frequently, take my clothes off, which they're getting a bit bored with, I have to be honest, at the moment. You know, I go in there and go, Stephen, not again, please, not again. Yes, especially for just an ingrowing toenail. <laughs> just, I say, I'll just take my clothes off. Well, not really necessary. You know, they now see me coming in and they immediately put up the shutters, turn the lights off, and they all hide behind the counter until I've gone away again. So much easier. But I find it's quite, quite worrying. Somebody out there who's been doing this. One and a half thousand people. She comes from Brecon uh, and she's been arrested on suspicion of fraud-related offences because she's fraudulently portraying somebody who works, you know, within the, within the NHS. Jane Moore says what we said the other day. I'm sure that Jane Moore's listening to me all the time. Are we talking about the Cliff Richard calendar and saying, you know, it's very nice if you like, like that kind of thing. He's 71 and he's proving he's uh, really fit. And, uh, and he's an outdoor boy wearing le- leather chaps in <coughs> sorry, one of the pictures. Uh, in another one, he's, uh, he's in a wetsuit uh, and, and reaching for the skies in front of a jumping dolphin. And then there's a mid-bounce pose on a basketball court, which is all very nice, says Jane Moore. And then, of course, because given his, his physical fitness, it's entirely feasible. For 71, he is, he is fit. But then there's a picture of a scantily clad cliff being massaged by the red varnished fingertips of a mystery woman. She says, oh, come on. Come on, she says. That's asking us to suspend disbelief a little bit too far, I'm afraid. Because that just wouldn't be happening, would it? I hate massages anyway. I cannot stand... And you can't do a good massage with big nails. Don't care what anybody says. I was watching Holly Willoughby the other day, trying to peel a sticker off the back of a, a phone on this um, Keith Lemon programme. And she couldn't do it. She, oh, fingers and thumbs and all the rest of it. Oh, you laugh. You know the gypsies at Dale Farm? The travellers, let's call them the right thing. Uh, they've said they will go... Provided the council give them £6 million. And all the papers have said, on your bikes. What they did was illegal. They knew it was illegal. We knew it was illegal. They do raise a very interesting point, though. There's all all the tree huggers down there going, oh, it's lovely, are the same people who, you know, on the Wednesday they'll be tree hugging and the next minute they'll be complaining about bulldozers coming in. You know, and yet that's exactly what these illegal travellers have done. They were there illegally. They knew they were there illegally. And if you let them get away with it... 
it means that everybody else will do the same thing. They'll just move on to sites and say, well, you give us some money and we might uh, might move. You're going, whether you like it or not, because you're illegal. Apparently Scotland's been suggested. The people in Scotland are building barriers, even as we speak, as you'd imagine. There's, um, there's a man in the paper today. He's accused of murdering his new wife and mother-in-law. As he's going into court, he's smiling for the cameras. Don't you find that somewhat creepy? Somewhat cre- he's quite clearly not all there in the head, I'm afraid. And um, this is uh, Ensa Goll, who allegedly knifed Michaela Goll and Julie Sahin just weeks after arriving in Britain. He was also charged with attempted murder of uh, Michaela's friend Casey, who was stabbed in the throat. But if you look at the picture of him in the, in the paper today, he's smiling at the cameraman. You know, a big grin on his face. It's a little bit too worrying, isn't it? I'm, I, I hate catching anybody's eye. This morning... I sort of came out, and it's, the front of the building is normally fairly quiet. The back of the building's quite, quite busy at this time of the morning. You know, because it's quite buzzy because there's a, a sort of a chicken shop and a bus stop there and a, a minicab place and everything else. So there's generally quite a few people buzzing around. And I had to sort of weave in and out of a lot of uh, girls tottering around or teetering around on high heels. It makes for... I, f- I felt a little bit unsafe as I was clutching my Marks and Spencer strawberries, <laughs> thinking, I, I hope I'm safe. I hope I'm safe. But I'm sure I am, actually. Here's the, uh, the woman... Do you remember the woman we had a short while ago? Her son's been accused of rioting, and the councillor said, right, we're giving you an eviction notice. And she went, no, 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 no. Anyway, he turns up in court holding his mummy's hand. Uh, he denies violent disorder and looting. And uh, she's saying, I'm not going to comment. She said, as a mother, I'm not responsible for my son's actions. And I began to think, well, you are. I'm sorry, you are. If he's still holding your hand at 18, you are very much responsible for his actions. You're supposed to know where he... If he's still living at home with you, you're supposed to know where he is and what he's doing. That's what mummies do. Unless you're a bad mummy. So you have to be a good mummy. And then you find out where he is. And, um, you know, anyway, they're actually trying to kick her out of the flat and her daughter, eight, over his link to the riots. He looks a bit sheepish, of course. Different picture I should have managed a short while ago because the uh, the costs for battling the riots. How much do you reckon? One hundred and twenty-four million. How do you work that out? One hundred and twenty-four million. Absolutely. That, that was just for the that was just the police bill. Absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. Um, more on the the big fat six million pound bribe when the gypsy camp they're not paying. The council have said, don't think so. You're going out whether you like it or not. Uh, and then some bloke goes into a McDonald's. And he goes through the drive through section, but without a car, because he can't get to the counter. And they go, this is the drive... Move on, move on, silly boy. This is the drive through section. And, um, and he goes, he says, you... They, they, he said to them, he said, you, you better move, because I'm going to go home and get my car and ram through your, your McDonald's. So he did. He went home, came back in his car, and drove it straight through the front door up to the, up to the desk, causing about £17,500 worth of damage. I'm delighted to tell you... That uh, drunken builder, Peter Andrews, who's a bit of a plank, has gone to prison for eight months. Now, you see, I'd make it two years. I'd make it two years. Quite clear, the man's a buffoon. You know, the drunk driving alone, I think you have to go to prison for at least a year. But McDonald's have now banned him from all of their restaurants in Britain. So that's good news for you, isn't it, really, Peter? Might be to lose some of that weight you're carrying around. That's very good news. And perhaps you might sort of curb your drinking problems as well. And, um, and gollies have reappeared in the paper today. And I'll tell you why the gollies have reappeared in the papers today uh, a little bit later on. Plus, of course, we take all your texts and emails as we run through who's going to be dancing on the television. Some good names and some not very good names. And you'll hear them first on LBC 97.3, where the time is 5.30. <laughs> 
Morning, everybody. It's nice to have your company. Hope you're well. OK. Managed to cope with the wind yesterday. Dreadful. Absolutely appalling. And it's back again today, I'm afraid. It's, uh, it's, it's not going to get too much better. So you're going to be going out there today. Brolly's blowing inside out. It really is an absolute nightmare. And I was having a quick look at it uh, earlier on. Rupert just posted it. Bright or sunny intervals, the odd light shower. Turning cloudy throughout the afternoon with light rain possible in the day. Quite windy. And when they say quite windy, they mean quite windy. Uh, Currently 14 degrees. It will hit 19, which is the same as yesterday. Tonight, generally rather cloudy overnight, with the wind easing, mostly dry at first. Outbreaks of rain expected to spread from the west later. And Thursday, a generally cloudy day, with some mainly light rain at times. I must tell you, actually, because it's very funny, because I'm I'm going to see Les Miserables this week. Actually, I've got a couple of things to do, but I'm going to see Les Miserables. And uh, it's only for the fact that Matt Lucas is finishing his, uh, his last week. And so we're going to go and see him. Paul Savory has uh, sorted out because he's known Matt for years. And so he said to Matt, he said, oh, he said, um, I'll bring Steve Allen. And Matt went, I've not seen Steve for years. And so I said to Paul Savory, I didn't think I'd ever met Matt Lucas. And he said, oh, you have. He said, oh, yes, he said, he queued up when you did a show at Brent Cross for your autograph. I said, how times have changed. How times have changed. It's quite sweet, isn't it? So uh, I'll let you know how that goes. And I'm going to go and see um, Million Dollar... Is it Million Dollar Quartet? I'm going to go and see that one as well. Uh, Right, so in the Strictly Come Dancing uh, programme, this is who you've got to look at. Nancy Delolio, or Nancy Delusional, as she's called. She says, this will let people see the real Nancy. We've seen you, dear. We don't like it, Okay. We really don't like it. You're just, you're full of vacuous hot air. You come up with a load of old gubbins, I'm afraid. Uh, Audley Harrison, he says, I've been told I've got two left feet, so he could be the comedy moment. Uh, Lulu, at 62, although she's looked so much better than Nancy Delusional at 50, said this is something completely out of my comfort zone. Yes, I mean, the the sort of dancing she's doing is something completely different. Uh, Rory Bremner says, my will's up to date and I've increased the insurance premium. Holly Valance, uh, I'm tall, I need someone so I don't look like I'm leading. Robbie Savage, I believe, is a footballer, and I have no knowledge of this at all. He says, I want people to change their perceptions of me. Is he, I can't remember anything about him, you'll have, to, you'll have to tell me, everybody. Is he a nice footballer, or is he not a very nice footballer? I don't know, because we, we seem to have two camps, don't we, really? Uh, Anita Dobson, one of my biggest regrets that I didn't train to dance. I think she'll do fine. I think Neats will do fine. Jason Donovan says, no waxing for me. I'll stick with the hairy chest. He's such such a flirt. He's going to be terrible. Harry Judd is the McFly drummer. He says, I'm used to using my hands on stage and not my legs. Yes, this will be an embarrassment, I think. I've just got a feeling he's he's going to be so wooden. You know, it's going to make it look like Sherwood Forest. Uh, XMP Edwina Curry. She says, if I can do it, it might encourage others to dance. I think she'll be fine on it. I don't have any doubt at all. She, she, she's quite feisty. Waterloo Road actress Chelsea Healy. Chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-E. The pretentious spelling. Nobody knows who she is, but she says, uh, I'm single, so I wouldn't rule out a strictly romance. With who, dear? What are you talking about? Oh, with the person you're dancing with. Oh, God, charming. Uh, Russell Grant. He's lost ten stone to get ready for this, but he'd, he'd like, to, <laughs> like to take off a bit more. Blimey. He, he might be the Anne Widdicombe comedy moment. He might be. I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I, th- I think, to be honest, I think he's going to sweat his way around the dance floor. I've just got this feeling. And somebody called Dan Lobb, he says uh, he, he, he's a sports presenter on something called Daybreak. Whatever that is. I don't know. No idea, I'm afraid. Uh, so you won't know who he is. He's, he's 40. 
He says, my partner will need patience and a sense of humour. I know, of course you could have said no, couldn't you, Dan, and done everybody a favour, made us all a little bit happier. Oh, here's a picture of this bogus nurse. Difficult to tell if somebody looks like a nurse when they've just got their hair tied back. I just assume that all nurses have their hair tied back. Uh, more on, um, more on uh, manic gunman Raoul Moat boasting about leaving PC David Rathband in a right mess after he'd shot and blinded him. Can't really bring yourself to think anything about him at all, can you? And uh, Robbie Williams has been giving Gary Barlow a helping hand on The X Factor, and the pair have put the boot into last year's judges. Gary says, my best mate Jason Donovan is in Strictly, so I want him to do well. It's amazing who Gary Barlow's best mates are, the most unlikely combination. And uh, Gary, on choosing Robbie as a guest, he was the obvious choice. He's watched the show from day one and loves it. Unfortunately, of course, Robbie Williams is mad as a barrel load of frogs. <laughs> well, it should be interesting. At least I'm going to put up with Cheryl Cole and all that lot, do you? Uh, I'll mention the golly story later. There was a great party, actually, which Matt Lucas went to the other night. And it was the, it was the Freddie Mercury 65th birthday OTT party to raise money for, for charity. They were all there. Uh, drag queens wrote... You'd have loved it next She'd have loved it next door. Drag queens roaming the corridors. Huge pompadour wigs. Matt Lucas looks a little bit like the... Go compare. Go... That man there. And uh, Nicola McLean was there. She didn't... She didn't enter into the spirit of dressing up at all, really, which is a bit of a shame. And she always looks as though she sort of just swallowed a mouthful of porcupines. Looked very miserable. Oh, look, and Princess Eugenie was there. Oh, that was lovely. Nice to see Eugenie out again, because she's such a... She's such a home person, isn't she, really? Thank God you never got the mother there as well, which would be awful. Uh, There's a stranded baby whale picture on the page. Even a stranded baby whale is 30 feet long. You ain't going to argue with it, are you? A stranded baby whale. Oh, lovely. And casualty, Nurse Charlie Fairhead, who, uh, Christo was telling me, has his lines written all around the place because he can't remember lines. So that's quite a good one. I, th- I think that's quite good. When Bob Hope played the London Palladium years ago, years ago, we must be, he's been dead for goodness knows how long, the whole two front rows of the, uh, of the auditorium in the stalls were taken out because they put his cue cards on there. So he would look down, it would make it look... And I've seen other people doing that as well. Comedians, when they get to a certain age, all of a sudden they need the cue card, so they put them down in the front and they wrote all his lines for him. So he could sort of look down and pretend he was looking at the audience. And I've seen quite a number of other people. Then there's this giant alligator. It's a crocodile, actually. This one here, small one... You know, people say, could you not get away from one? This thing is 21 feet long. It weighs two and a half tonnes. I mean, how this thing, so you can imagine, and it was only caught because the villagers, uh, and it's, it's out in the Philippines, in a place called uh, Bunawan, decided they had to catch it. So a hundred of them, a hundred villagers, staked it out. They reckon there's another one there in, the, in there as well. This thing, its tail is bigger than my body. It's that big, this thing. I mean, you just wouldn't stand a cat in 80s chance with this thing at all. They think they're actually going to put it into a, an ecotourism park. You're not going to argue with it, are you? I'm not going to argue with that thing at all. Absolutely terrible. Quite frightening. Quite frightening. Uh, police are investigating claims of illegal hunting after hounds chased a fox down a mainline railway track where trains hit 80 miles an hour. Actually, talking people hitting. We, we're coming into town today, and on the... Um, just the bit coming up to Hammersmith flyover, two boy racers decide to go... They must have been doing 100 miles an hour each. And strange enough, the cameras never flashed. I think they were going that fast... The camera couldn't keep up with it. But it was just unbelievable. And, you know, even the driver went... You know, I mean, really, really dangerous. Very stupid people. Very stupid people. 
Uh, other stories of the paper today. Oh, dear. oh, it's another MP being charged. Former MP Margaret Moran is going to be charged over allegations she fiddled more than 60,000 quid. 60,000 pounds. It's a lot, isn't it? And still in Coronation Street, John Stape is back on the cobbles. I've got no idea who he is, I'm afraid. I just know that Fizz is in prison. And uh, I think... Oh, it's her, it's her husband, isn't it? I think it's the bloke she married. But he's actually the murderer. He is the uh, the most evil man in Weatherfield. It's only pretend. It's not real, OK? Because a lot of people get a bit carried away. And he's, he's, he's back again. But Fizz is still in prison. Stay there, as far as I'm concerned. Do us all a favour. Uh, one here from Paul. He says, You were more or less right about the line-up for Strictly. Something struck me, as I recall, and I may be wrong. When they started the show after many years away, wasn't the whole point that we were being shown celebrities learning a new craft? The reason I'm asking is Holly, Lulu, Jason Donovan, even Russell Grant are accomplished dancers, many of them in musicals, to West End standards, so they can hardly be classed as beginners. On the subject of Holly Willoughby and Keith Lemon show Celebrity Juice, I think her taking part could be classed as on a par with two separate theme shows comedians did. For example, Bob Monkhouse, who had family and very adult versions of his act, his after-midnight cabaret act being notorious. Though even I was surprised as you to see Dave Berry's language... (laughs) I th- they were all started doing it. I was sitting in front of the t- Once one started doing the foot word, they all started doing the foot word. But same as Bernard Manning and Chubby Brown. If you went to see them, you knew what you were getting. Oh, Roy, Roy Chubby Brown's language. Um, I mean, you couldn't repeat any of it. Although I did see... There were people... I remember seeing 90-year-olds sitting in the front, laughing their socks off. You know, 90-year-old women. And he was coming up with, with filth. I can only describe it. Last year with Mr Titmarsh... I think it's another example of ITV's dumbing down. Not an uncommon thing there these days. Yes, I don't know why they've, why they've done it, because a lot of people relied on that show, because some people would go on, say, you know, three or four times a month, which if you're on £300, that's like £1,200 a month. That's quite substantial, isn't it? Quite substantial, I think. Um, more on the paper today, 9-11, ten years on. We'll do that on Sunday. And the heroes who were just doing their jobs. I mean, absolutely drivel. I remember the day so, so vividly. Uh, Steve, not heard you this early before, says Sue. Off to Glasgow, my son Christopher. So Gatwick, here we come. Oh, I'd have done the train. I know it's only an hour by plane. But um, I, I, I definitely would have would have gone by train on that one. I don't know. It was about three hours on train or something. And uh, I've been on a couple of TV quiz shows, and both times I was asked about criminal convictions and had to sign a declaration that any money would be forfeited if, it had dis- if it, they discovered I lied. So if this thug didn't declare his conviction, I'm sure ITV can take the money back. Well, they spoke to Paul Smith, who's the founder of Cellador, and he says, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was the first game show to offer such a large amount of prize money, and we had to be squeaky clean with the public. When we discovered three contestants lied about criminal convictions on their forms in 1999, they lost their winnings. It was part of the rules. We did our best to do checks, but the ultimate check was when the show was broadcast and people would come forward with news about the contestants. If it turned out that they breached our rules, then we didn't pay out. The show was transmitted sometime after we'd recorded, but the date on the check... Uh, was when they were being aired, which meant they could not actually cash the cheque until the programme goes out. So they did that quite clever. It's not difficult to put in the rules that any winnings are subject to a seven-day holdback, while any breaches of the terms and conditions can be checked. Our paperwork was extensive, but things have changed. Perhaps companies take the view that it's no longer important. Things change, and I respect that. Our view was very, very different as to how we would treat the whole affair. So in other words... They had a rule. If you lied on that form, you never got paid out, and three people didn't. And as the shows are shot... I mean, this this programme, Red or Black, was shot weeks ago, wasn't it? I think Dawn told us it was back in 
back in July or something. So there's no reason. But unfortunately, until it's aired, then people who know somebody go, wait a minute, we know who that bloke is. We've, we've seen it a million times, haven't we, on the television before. Somebody would go on, on a television programme, which would have been filmed, you know, six months to a year ago. And then other people would go, I know who that is. I know who that is. That person is not what they're saying. We've had all sorts of people popping up all over the place. You know, people, I think, even on um, even on um, Noel Edmonds' programme, they've had a couple of, let's just call them people who haven't exactly been the nicest. Haven't exactly been the nicest. So I think you have to be very careful. There should be a clause on television programmes. If this person has got, you know, a bit of a history, a bit of a track record, well then, and especially if they've got a criminal conviction and they've been to prison, well then you have a duty, not to protect us, because I don't think we need protecting... I don't think any of us need, need protecting by these people on the television. I think you just have to look at them and think, but he's not a very nice person. I think it, it would be better if you didn't put this person on the television because he's upset quite a few people. He's, he's, he's just not very nice. Um, you know, you might think differently. You might think it's OK because he's already done his time for the crime. So if, if you think differently from me, do let me know. 84850, steve at UK. We've got Martin Clunes to talk to today for an in-conversation, or for Noreen's benefit, and that remembers me. <laughs> so having a chat to him, because uh, his programme's coming back again. His programme is coming back, because I, I just bought all the DVDs uh, of it, because Doc Martin returns to Cornwall for a new series. So we'll have a chat to Martin Clunes a little bit later on today. Nick Ferrari with you, afternoons at seven. Tom Watson's back in with the papers, Labour MP for West Bromwich East, and he sits on the Culture, Media and Sport Select Committee. All of that and more after the news at seven. These are the news this morning. The news headlines at 14 to 6. Police have begun a murder investigation after a Welsh football fan died following an attack outside Wembley Stadium just before last night's England-Wales Euro 2012 qualifier. The 44-year-old victim suffered a heart attack as well as head injuries during the assault. Six men thought to be Welsh supporters have been arrested. The government's controversial NHS reforms will be debated in Parliament later. Significant concessions have been made to the Health and Social Care Bill, but critics say they haven't addressed key concerns. And the Chancellor, George Osborne, won Politician of the Year at the annual GQ Awards last night. He joined winners, including the actor Bradley Cooper, who won International Man of the Year, Rolling Stone Keith Richards, who was Author of the Year, and Rory McIlroy, who won the Sportsman category. There you go. With the travel, Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning in Barnet. Wood Street has... Morning, everybody. Ten to six is the time. Welcome. Come on, wakey, wakey, rise and shine. I can't believe the GQ Awards. They sit there in the office, have a drink, and go, who should we give an award to? I know. Chancellor George Osborne, Politician of the Year. What, what, what would qualify him on that one? Also... Uh, Bradley Cooper, International Man... I've never even heard of Bradley... Co- I've moved, probably moved it round there. Sorry. Make it easier for you. Oh, that's right. Stamp your feet. I mean, International Man... Bradley Cooper... I don't even know who he is. Do you know who he is? No, well, there we go. If you don't know who he is and I don't, we're obviously not international jet-setters like we thought we were. It's all right. OK. Sorry. Keith Richards, author of the year. One book. Hello? One book in a lifetime of mumbling to himself. God, bloody... And Rory McIlroy won the sport... Who's he? I've never heard of these people. <laughs> Even funnier, though, is, is the fact that Tiny Temper was top solo artist and uh, Matt Smith, the most stylish man. What? Am I losing the will to live here or something? And then, of course, added to that, none of these people get their, their, their pictures of the paper today. Instead, you're treated to the Saturdays. 
who turn up. I'm sorry, what is it about GQ Man of the Year girls? You're not understanding. Oh, sorry, it's a photo opportunity. So they have to turn up, don't they? Rochelle talks a bit like a bloke. Because then you've got Molly King showing off her new hairstyle. Oh, dear, big mistake on that one, I'm afraid. And then you've got um, somebody else. Because have you noticed with the Saturdays, I don't want to be rude, but unfortunately it's going to come over as rude. You've got four members of the Saturdays who look passable, and then you've got the short, dumpy one who does all the singing, and she's the best one there, because she's the one with the voice. The rest of them just... I mean, but I couldn't tell you who she is, because she never gets any coverage in the papers. Nobody bothers with her. They always talk about Molly King. And when you see Molly with this new scrape-back hairstyle, which is not good for her face, because she's got a bit of a bit of a plain-Jane face, I'm afraid, and you look at the other ones, and, you, I mean, even poor old Rochelle looks a little bit chav. You know, little bit chav. I don't want to be rude about it. She turned up on... On the programme the other day, she had quite a turn of rude words, I'm afraid. Came as no surprise to me. But Molly King's new hairstyle. Love her, get your money back. Quick as possible. Apparently, the reality show, The Only Way is Essex, the stars are fuming. They'll be going, go, dear. Uh, because they're rebelling against dire pay. This is such an old story to run in the papers today. Uh, they said they could even go on strike. But, of course, they won't, because they're bound by a contract. Many have already delayed signing up to appear in the third series because uh, they only get paid 50 quid a day. Also, they should only get paid 50 quid a day. Most of them can barely string two words together. You know, they trowel on the makeup. They look a little bit like, you know, sort of Battersea Dogs Home on a very, very bad day. That's an insult to Battersea Dogs Home. It's not meant to be. And now they, they've actually discovered that uh, other programmes, they earn up to £250 a day, despite having fewer viewers. Yes, but of course, these people could, you know, the only, way is S- the only way is Chelsea, people can string two words together. Unfortunately, people like uh, Sam Fayez and Lauren Gudget, they can't string two words together. And you look at poor old Mark Rye. I mean, he's a bit of a dimbo at the best of times, a bit of a plank. Lauren did say that the cast would welcome more cash especially if the show became a fully acted soap opera. In which case, love, they'd get rid of you. You'd be the first out the door. I mean, you are as wooden as Sherwood Forest, or Epping Forest, just to make it a bit more topical. But uh, anyway, she went out for dinner uh, with a Manchester... Some girl who's in Hollyoaks who you've never heard of either. We never anybody is. That's the first time, I think, isn't it, that we've had the, um, the Strictly Come Dancing programme... And there's nobody from Hollyoaks, because they normally shove somebody from Hollyoaks in, or somebody who's going to emerge as gay halfway through the series, and we're going to go, yeah, we, we knew. You know, it's, it's not going to come as any surprise to anybody, is it, who the, who the gay ones are this time round. Well, perhaps it is, actually. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Gail Porter. Oh, damn, I'm so bored. <laughs> so bored. So the trouble is that there's no chance of using her on these programmes now, because um, they've, they've abolished at ITV Talking Heads. So that's why, and I've, I've yet to find out whether or not they've axed them from this morning. Because, to be honest with you, just having a talking point is not great television. All you're hearing is somebody's opinion. Radio's much, much better for that. It's far more instant. And uh, to watch poor old Matthew Wright, who I love to pieces, but he didn't half struggle with that programme. I mean, sometimes he sits over the panel, I haven't got the faintest idea what's going on in the world. And they're OK, but it, it could be better. It, I would like to see more of a debate-type programme. Have you, Nikki, um, Nikki, can't remember his name. Nikki uh, used to do this debate program. I went on one once. Shows how long ago it was because I was complaining about the uh, the dome down at Greenwich. It sh- that shows how long ago that was. And I was arguing with Molly Parkin's daughter, who, in fact, I got shouted down by the audience. They were sort of saying, "Oh, it's going to show the best of British." I said, "You don't need a tent." 
the size of, size of Greenwich to display the best of British. A small matchbox would do well. I said, nobody's going to go down there. Who was proved right? Dun, 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 dun. Step forward, tall, slim, full head of hair, Steve Allen, and uh, good face for radio. Because I was right. I was proven right. The place became like this deserted thing with a sort of bales of straw rolling down the high street, and nobody went there. Didn't work as anything, did it, really? And then we, we had to suffer with Pierre Jabot, who came back to sort of try and sort it out, and he was as boring as anything else. I feel very sorry for, um, for this, uh, this uh, wounded para. His name's Ben Parkinson. Uh, he was given... He's lost both of his legs, OK? And so he was offered a million pounds. No, 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 no. They've taken it away. They're only giving him £570,000. And the reason they're giving him 570 is because they've capped your injuries. Can you imagine going up to somebody saying, I'll tell you what, I'll give you £570,000 if, if I can cut your legs off. And you go, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, and also, in a double blow, he's being recommended for a medical discharge. And his mum's saying, I think this could affect his rehabilitation. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. It's just ridiculous. I mean, they should be so proud of... So- we don't, do we? We're not proud anymore. We go, oh, yes, haven't they done really, really well? Take the money away. Take the money away. Let's hope it doesn't get in the papers. So it went, went from a million to £570,000, which, uh, which is terrible. He was going to get one million and eighty-seven thousand. Now, I don't know what price you might go, that's far too much money. I don't know what price you put on somebody losing their, their legs or their arms. I met somebody at the Lady Rattling's Ball, reduced me to tears... Reduced me to tears because he he came in and they were making an award to him and he was he was part of a group of servicemen who uh, can go to this place where they, they look after them and they teach them how to sort of rehabilitate and you know and come to terms with it and he was so philosophical and and he wanted pictures taken with me I was absolute I mean I, it's all I could do to stop I'm terrible anyway at the best of times as you know I've only got to see something on the television I'm there I blub away. I'm worse on the X Factor. <laughs> you wouldn't think so, would you? Because I take the mickey out of the programme so much. And yet, sadly, you sit there at home and I'm a sucker for Simon Cowell's mixing and the, and the music coming in and people stand there going, I'm just doing it for me, Mum. And you say, oh, she's hard as nails next door. She thinks I'm mad to cry at this kind of stuff. Yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't watch. She doesn't watch. She'd rather immerse herself in a small bottle of Bailey's. You know, she's quite happy there and a, and a liqueur chocolate. Actually, I could go a liqueur chocolate now, but I'm not doing chocolate. Steve, a shame that crocodile was killed by villagers. No, it's not dead. It's alive. They've captured it alive. If it was dead, they wouldn't have it all trussed up. This thing's alive. Oh, yes. So it's not his fault that uh, man keeps breeding like rabbits and wanting more and more like... No, the thing's alive. That's why it's going to one of these eco-farms where you can... You better see it. But it, it just means it won't be out there eating people, because last week it ate a farmer. And uh, not so good, I'm afraid. Uh, Steve, I've never been arrested and I certainly don't condone beating up women. However, if this guy's been to prison, I feel he's paid his debt and should keep the prize money, says Jim. However, Liz says, if the contestant lied on his form, that's known as falsifying a document for pecuniary advantage and carries a penalty of up to five years in prison. It's not. You see, on this one, it's a television programme. It doesn't work the same way. They have their own rules. And on Simon Cowell's rules, they, they, didn't, they just didn't do that. Celador was saying that if somebody had lied, they would take away the prize money. But all companies operate differently. So, in other words, if you actually go to some TV companies, you'll have to say which programmes you've been on before. Other companies couldn't care less. It makes no difference to them. But, the, but you do sign a waiver. So whatever you see on the television, no matter how badly all these people you think have been treated on The X Factor or Britain's Got Talent when we laugh at them, they've all signed a disclaimer saying that, yes, I'm, I'm willing to be exposed as a complete idiot and a buffoon and people will laugh at me. 
Because if you don't sign that, even when people used to come in here, I remember people used to come to LBC years ago, and, uh, you know, they would film one of the presenters, and if, and if you were in shot or something like that, they'd get you to sign the, the form. So they could then show, because otherwise, you know, I might get, I don't want to be seen on television. All these people, you sign a form, you're interviewed for something, can you sign that? Thank you very much indeed. They've got it, and that's then their right to show it. Geordie Shaw's, anyways, Essex made in Chelsea, say what you like, but at least Big Brother have the decency to lock these people up. Have you seen the Made in Chelsea one? They're a bit peculiar as well, aren't they? And I tell you, her really nasty. The very expensive women in New York. We've had the Housewives of Orange County. Now there's one set in New York with some really awful people. And they've got a very strange interviewer who looks at campus Christmas and had to ask one of the husbands. He said, the letter that we're getting and, and, and the question people want to ask you is, are you gay? And this bloke has to sit there and go, I'm not. I like football. And I love my wife. It's a rarity in this day and age, he says. But unfortunately, no, I'm not gay. But the housewives are vile. The ones of Orange County, I thought, were bad enough. What a bunch of bitches. Oh, dear. I mean, you can't even warm to them because they're just so cheap. They're so trailer trash and they don't even know it. The husbands are slobs. But at least in the Housewives in New York, this girl's waiting for a nice present. She got lingerie, apparently, and a £56,000 watch. It's my birthday soon. Just thought I'd mention it. On FM, online and digital radio. Morning, every Eight minutes past six. It's going to be another wet day, I'm afraid. A little bit later on today. And windy. And yesterday was very windy. And in the light of the GQ Awards the other night, which, to be quite honest, I mean, I've never read such a bizarre lineup. Chancellor George Osborne, Politician of the Year. This is GQ magazine. I mean, we're not talking about anything particularly exciting. Uh, the actor Bradley Cooper, who won International Man of the Year, who we've never heard of. Keith Richards, the Rolling Stone, who was Author of the Year. And... Rory McIlroy, who won the sportsman category. I've only ever heard, I'm afraid, of Keith Richards and George Osborne. So we thought we'd have our own Steve Allen Awards this morning. Who would you nominate as Politician of the Year? Who would be Actor of the Year? Who would be Author of the Year? And who would be Sportsman or Woman of the Year? We're actually going to... Yes, International Man Award. What does that mean? International Man. Yeah, a bit bizarre. Man or Woman. Well, it means that they can do big interviews in GQ... Yeah. Um, and do lots of photo shoots and be in GQ a lot during the year. I have to be honest. I mean, I, I, I haven't read GQ for... It's quite a good magazine. Is I mean, good? I have heard of all of those people oh, have in you? that list. And oh. Bradley Cooper, star of The Hangover, part one, no. part two. No? No. I mean, I think... I wouldn't even know what he looked like. US cool, kind yeah. of heartthrobby sort of actor. How Richards be the author of the year? He's only had one book out, hasn't he? The thing is, it's authors that fit into the world of the kind of co- version of cool men of GQ that have Keith Richards cool? Keith Richards is kind of cool. Is he? Oh, right. For okay. GQ, he is. Oh, right. <laughs> Good not, Lord. Not necessarily for uh, for the Steve Allen show, but for GQ. No, for GQ. For GQ, he's kind of right. cool. I think we'll, all, we'll, we'll take it down a peg, boys and girls. So your nominations, International Man or Woman of the Year, Politician, Author or Sports Personality. You know, that'd be quite nice. 84850-LBC973. Jonathan Levi's back with us. So there's lots of fuss about Red and Black, the new Anton Deck show. Yeah. They're meant to be the... Uh, Sort of collaboration between ITV Studios and Psycho, Simon Cowell's company, mm. creating this new um, game show with absolutely no skill whatsoever, but lots of jeopardy. Could you win red or black? And uh, it's either a million pounds or nothing. Mm. Uh, but the, the format's slightly wrong, I think. That's the. It's, it's been panned by people saying that it's sort of like you bet. Trouble is, um, there's no. 
<clears throat> you know what you were saying? I was in the car coming in. When you were saying earlier about the uh, the X Factor makes you feel like crying, yeah. it doesn't have... What Red and Black doesn't have is that emotional manipulation, mm. that way of that journey, that story, that way of taking you and making you really care. So when I was watching Red and Black on the first show and that guy won, I couldn't give two hoots. No. And then some random people run on and cuddle him and he's a bit dazed and confused and can't believe whether, that he's won. You don't know who any of them are. So no. you're, not, you're not with them on a journey. So and you're not down inve- emotionally already. invested. They're down two million pounds. They're quid. down two million pounds. So because well, they won't I thought it that. was a, a million pounds every show yeah. is given away. I'm, I'm not, I'm, because I haven't seen it, I, I don't really know. But uh, the way that people describe it to me, I'm thinking the money must be part of an insurance thing. It must be covered by an insurance yeah, policy because sure. that's how they normally work big prize monies. I yeah. didn't realise until we saw the. Now, which one was it? Was it the American. America's Got Talent or X Factor, that the prize money of a million is paid over 40 years. Right. Paid over... I couldn't... I mean, I sat there in disbelief and then watched it back again. Prize money will be paid over 40 years. Hmm. And I think it's the same here. Right. I think the same here. I mean, well, you could be dead before you get to the end of it. Yeah. You might not actually realise all this money. But it turns out that this guy, Nathan... Uh, Hageman, who won on the first mm. Saturday night, is um, not nice. Is not a nice, um, not a nice person. So, and that wasn't, and they didn't realise that before he. But it doesn't. Ma- I mean, to be honest with you, he's he's been in prison yeah. for this assault. Um, we thought it was a man. It turns out to be his ex-girlfriend who he assaulted. Yeah. And then the whole thing turned round, and then people were saying, "Well, he shouldn't have been allowed to win." I don't think that in the in the the contract that all these people... Does the whole audience sign this thing? Or do they stop the game once they've picked somebody and go, right, uh, you're now playing today, sign this contract? Or does everybody sign it? Because there's a lot of people to sign contracts. Yeah. And they would have signed a contract, wouldn't they? They would have to have signed a release form, yeah. Yes. And would you do that once you were picked? I don't know how how they pick somebody to play the game. Do they just Um, sort of throw a ball in the audience, go, it's you today, or whatever? Well, I saw it from the point when they're in the studio. There's all these sort of huge games, sort of total wipeout-style games first to whittle it down. But it's all been pre-recorded and pre-shot ages ago. Yes, yes. So there's the live bit in the studio... But all the other elements were done over time, so there's plenty of time to get release forms and all that, because it's done over a period of weeks. And and would would that be normal to put down? I mean, when when you've done release forms before on your programmes, do you put down, have you had a criminal record? Do you have a criminal record? Have you been to prison? Would that be blatant on there? No, it's it's simply uh, waving away all all rights um, for the... A material that you, you th- that you're in that's being shot to be used in any way, shape, or form, and you have no claim over it. Right. So it wouldn't actually make any difference whether you'd been to prison. Well, I don't think it wouldn't come up. No. No, so I didn't think so because I think that's a bit personal, isn't it? It's like saying, uh, "Sorry, gay or straight." I mean, there may be. <laughs> th- th- I mean, I imagine for some shows, there's a sort of more detailed questionnaire. Yeah. Sort of for Big Brother or whatever. You know, there'll probably be... Celador have it written in. Yeah. Celador have it written in, and they expect people to be honest, and if they if they turn out to have, have told fibs on their form, they will not give them the money, yeah. because the cheque that they hand them is post-dated. Yeah. They have a seven-day get-out yeah. of not giving them the money, and they have... They, they, they've said three or four people before have not been given the money, they had the money taken away. Well, a lot of these things, it's like Dragon's Den, isn't it? I mean, all these yes. winners that get invested, they don't hardly ever, as far as I know, hardly anyone ever gets the money. No, it, well, they, they, they seem to sit there with piles out. of it. But, but as soon as they, they agree to do something, then something happens that wasn't quite what they said it was and the mm. company wasn't quite valued to what it said it would be and it turns out that it was all up, you know. And then the whole thing falls apart and then... Then doesn't happen, but it makes good TV. Well, th- well, that's all it comes down to. The trouble is, red or black isn't necessarily good TV. I mean, I, I liked Anton Deck's Takeaway a lot better. 
Yeah. And any of the stuff... I mean, they're, they're actually very good, but they're, again, their experience. It's like putting Philip Schofield on a programme. You don't want to see him on every programme, but he is, he is good. Anderson Decker, very good. The production value is very good. It's the team from I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here combined with Psycho yeah. working together. They're a very, very talented group of people. The lighting, the, the production values couldn't be higher. Yeah. It looks so slick. But I think that's, in a way, part of its problem. Because if you look at early X Factors, and early, there's a kind of folksiness about it. They've grown over time, yeah. whereas the first ever episode of Red and Black couldn't have been slicker, couldn't have had more money chucked at it. It's perfect. There's nowhere to go. So it's, it's already... Yes. It's it, like, can't, it can't grow. It can't grow. It can't look better than that. Yeah. can't have better presenters, can't have better people working on it, can't have more money spent on the set and on the lighting and on the helicopters and the, and the games and, the, and everything. It literally couldn't be slicker. Right. It's the best production values in the world of that kind of thing. Kind of holds them back a little and, bit. And where can you go from there? Yeah. But there's nothing in the heart, there's no heart in that show. It doesn't have that gut-wrenching feeling that X Factor has that makes you want to cry at the TV because somebody, because they're sobbing Nan did this for them or whatever. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have that journey. And without that journey, because it's just about cash... Yeah. And so we used to Euro millions, aren't we? We used to 130 million pounds being handed out in Euro millions. So a million pounds, although it's a huge amount of money, yeah. it doesn't make you sort of, obviously, you know, if, if anyone gave me a million pounds, it would change my yeah. l- life. But anyway, you know. Yeah. Well, let's have, have your thoughts on it. As I say, we, we said yesterday on the programme, you know, he won it fair and square. You can't just take it away from him, but it'd be nice if, in view of what he did, he gave a donation to a women's refuge or something like that. Quarter past six. News headline, Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. Police have begun a murder investigation after a Welsh football fan was... Morning, everybody. 6.20 is the time a teenage judo star yesterday jailed for eight months for looting during last month's riots. Anthony Lloyd was found with his pockets bulging with stolen cigarettes and jewellery in Manchester. He admitted burglary and handling stolen goods, and he was returning from training when he ventured into the city centre out of curiosity. And, uh, strangely enough, he uh, he's part of the British judo team... What a stupid person you are. What a stupid, stupid person. And uh, former Liberty X mime artist Michelle Heaton plans to reveal every spit and cough of her forthcoming childbirth, saying, we've had many offers for the first picture. I'm sorry, love, nobody knows who you are. I do beg your pardon. I mean, who'd be interested? Who would be... Michelle who? Good Lord. And uh, Gavin Henson is one step ahead, explaining how he fell out of love with Charlotte Church because we found it hard to talk about things. I'm quite shy in many ways. Boring would be the other word that we'd use to describe poor little Gavin, whose <laughs> programme I cannot bear to watch. It's, it's so dreadful. It's doing quite well. well it's it's doing quite well because it's so bad, it's yeah, almost good. Yeah. Because you cannot believe that, that he's ever been out with a woman in his life I because know. he's got nothing to talk about to them. I know. Nothing. But it's a clever sort of American format. They're making a UK version of The Bachelor. Yeah. He looks so frightened good, out of his life clever, in front of all these show. women, mm. who, to be honest with you, most of them do look a bit of a fright. Yeah. They, they have picked a lot of bunny boilers. <laughs> I think deliberately, to be honest with you, just, just to frighten him even more. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Philip says, what is an odd light shower? Uh, I think I think the correct terminology, we had this thing about terminology earlier on with Christo, isolated would be a better word. Isolate, squally. Yes, but they're, What's they're, a squally shower. A squally shower is that's like sort of a little. A, it's squally. A little squally one. A little squally. I, to be honest with you, I'm not too sure what it is actually. <laughs> Thank you for bringing up the story, says Sharon, about the nurse. I had a smear test, but knew during the process it wasn't being carried out properly. So no surprise when the results came back. It was a worry, but subsequent tests proved okay. So just tell the listeners not to worry and go through any of the uh, any of the checks that they are. They're going to. This is the story of a nurse who gave one and a half thousand smear tests and injections and everything. She didn't even qualify. 
Really? She was just a fraud. She was a, you know, a bit dangerous, I'm afraid. Uh, I don't know where you think Glasgow is, but on your programme this morning, you said that person should go to Glasgow by train only a couple of hours. King's Cross to Glasgow Central is actually like five hours. So taking the plane... Oh, I don't know. It's still lovely going by train, isn't it? Oh, the romance of train The romance travel. of sitting there, watching the countryside go by, yeah. you know, and you can have your bacon and eggs and perhaps a little sausage or something like that, you know. Just sit there. It's, it's nice. I like it. A little meander to the buffet car. Oh, I love a buffet car. Actually, I, I used to always book in on any train journeys, not that I do that many, uh, to sit in the restaurant car, because once you've actually booked in for the meal, yeah. it was well worth it. You got a nice picture window, and it was... Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Lovely. As long as you're facing in the right direction. Uh, Mark's on his last day to Dennis Holiday's... It's lovely, isn't it? Everybody's on holidays at the moment. Is that Mark the Bailiff, Mark? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> there is only one, I think, yeah. at the moment. And, uh, and Bridget says, back to work today, out teaching after seven weeks' holiday. I can't believe how dark it is. There's such a back-to-school feeling all round at the moment. I know. It feels so the forbidding, the sky, yes. the nights drawing in, cold mornings. It's for her. It just feels, it really feels like the autumn, doesn't it? <laughs> Summer's over. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I nearly got my me, me brolly blown inside out the other day, but yeah. I didn't... Uh, I didn't, but it was terribly windy. Very windy. Yeah. And you see all the kids get, they look as scruffy as they did before yeah. their time off. Do you think they'd have cleared themselves up a little bit and tarted themselves up, you know? Yeah, well. Make themselves look a bit, you know, nice. Take an apple in for teacher or something. <laughs> Don't they do that anymore? No, just me again. What I did on my holidays. Yeah, that's what we have to do. Okay, class. I think it's only for younger ones, isn't it? Looted footlocker. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, we, yes, we did some looting, got a new colour telly, miss, <laughs> and uh, not been caught so far. So, pretty cool on that one. <laughs> yes, exactly. What did you do? I went on a riot. <laughs> Gideon is, is normally in Belsize Park, but he's now in Delhi this week. Oh. Crikey. I wonder what your weather's like in Delhi. It's probably heatwave, I should imagine. Probably hot in Delhi. Yeah, very, very hot. And uh, another one here. Uh, this is uh, from... Oh, it's on, on Red and Black. I hate the programme, as it's fundamentally bla- based on greed. Yeah. Well, every quiz show is based on greed. Every single... That's how they work. I know. Even Noel Edmonds' thing. You know, the bank has offered you £8,000, and they see a quarter of a million, 100000 30000 they go, no, I want more. And then when it all vanishes, I sit there laughing, because I think, you've just been offered eight. Th- where can you earn £8,000 in a day? For doing nothing. For doing nothing. Yeah. For going to a TV show. Always take the money. Never never sort of try and think... Because they're actually... Because even, even if you take it early, they carry on playing the game out, don't they? Yeah. But red or black, I'd, I mean, to be not honest sure. with you, it's, it's a lot of people, and it's not a particularly good programme. It's... They'll have to re... I think they got a two-series deal, so there'll be a second series. Right. Uh, so they'll have to... I would have thought... They would, they'll have, have to, to change the format a bit yes. to get to know the people a bit more, find a way to select the people a bit yeah. more cleverly so you can have a bit more of a journey with them so it's not just about the money. Yes. So, so right. And, and, and could a programme like that afford to give away £2 million? Pounds? Well, I mean, it could either... Every show, every one of these shows could either give away a million pounds or not give away a million pounds. Right. I suppose the probability of... It's a hell um, of a lot, isn't it? A hell of a lot. My favourite was on tele- always makes me laugh when I think about it because they were showing one of these like it'll be all right on the night Dennis Norden things and it was this quiz show in America. You just won two cars. In fact, and this woman goes, oh, and, you know, and you got this and that and a, a million dollars cash. And then they went to the, the Nigerian game show where today you can win a set of paperbacks or some glasses. And that was it. That was the top prize, set of paperbacks. The woman got really excited about this thing. I thought it goes to show that we're so immune to, you know, a million pounds like yeah. oh, on television. Oh, big deal. Bob, Bob Holness gave away 
a house years ago. Yeah. It was win a house, I think. And people go, a house! Yep. Fabulous. But it's sort of more tangible. You can relate, it's a bit more relatable, isn't it, a house? You yes. can imagine the I house. Mean, I, I like the quiz shows, but you now get professional quizzes. When I did one for Channel yeah. 5, we had people who were sitting down chatting. They'd all been on everything. Yeah. They'd been on every quiz show. So they were all saying, oh, I did so, I won this and I won that. You get professional competitors, don't you? Yeah, well, because TV is made up of professional celebrity, uh, professional bookers, punter hunters, yes. who whose job it is is to cast these programmes. And these people have Rolodex and contact books and they're people, because they're freelancers, they work on a variety of shows, mm. and therefore they have all the same good punters in their Rolodex, and those people turn up on every show because yes. they're the safe bets to go to. Well, in fact, uh, I think it's Michael Parkinson's, uh, one of his writers, Chris, he wrote a book on how to be a successful quiz show contestant. Yeah. And I brought him in, he said, because they're looking for certain people. He said, don't just think you turn up. He said, they're looking, you know, if, if you're a bit ditzy, or there was a vicar at the time who'd appeared on everything... Because people go, oh, a vicar, vicar on a quiz show. Yeah. And that, that was quite novel. And he said there are hard and fast rules. If, if you're going to win, then jump up and down, get excited. Ah, oh, well, this is, ex- exactly. Want. But, if you, but if you took, if you watched, if you rewatched a sort of, say, an episode of, of Take Me Out, and all like, you know, like, and you see all the women lined up, although they, they're on all the shows, yes. several of those have been on everything. Yes. I mean, they're just, um, yeah. they're sort of those TV punters that go round all the shows. Yeah. Yes, I mean, admittedly, I'd, I'd seen a few of them. And, and the ones who'd been on before you knew because they brought different outfits because they knew yeah. they were going to be held over for the next one. Yeah. And so they would turn up with three or four outfits. Nothing in squares like that because it's strobed. They knew exactly what to bring. Yeah. And uh, very clever. Very clever. Because if, if you're retired, it's like people doing a competition on a tin of beans. You know, think of a slogan. You know, we're offering you a horse or something. Mm. And the slogan is, I eat beans because... And they will sit down, you know, and write slogans. Yeah. Cheaper than an ad agency, I think. Uh, Robbie Savage, for sportsman, great footballer, took no prisoners, wore his heart on his sleeve. Off-field, real gent and dad, great TV pundit, pundit says Tom of Morden. Uh, Elaine in grades, uh, in greys, Addy... Addy Pitton, Sportsman of the Year. He's doing the Paralympics next year. Oh, is that the guy in the wheelchair who's on the, who's on the television a lot of the time? That's right, I can never pronounce his surname at all. Uh, Anne Woody Widdicombe uh, as politician, Barbara Windsor for author, Jordan for sportsman, (laughs) (laughs) or could that be Ashley Cole? Uh, Film star, sorry, Barbara Windsor, author Jordan, which is good. Uh, Steve, Simon Cowell is happy to promote Cheryl Cole despite her... uh, Well, no, she wasn't, I'm afraid, actually, Chris Nislington. She wasn't. It was something completely different. That's that's the bit you remember, but that's not true, I'm afraid. And uh, he isn't promoting her anymore. No. He doesn't... uh, She doesn't feature on any of his shows... So whether or not her next album will do well, I don't know. There's talk of a cameo later on in the series of X Factor, but it may or may not happen. You think that's just a placater in case she does a story? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom Watson, Politician of the Year. Well, you'll be delighted. He's reviewing the papers this morning for Nick Ferrari. And uh, no comparison with the so-called leaders who only know how to throw childish tantrums and want to be celebrities. That is true, actually. We're seeing a lot of that. Although, strangely enough, poor um, Sally... Sally. No, I've forgotten her surname already, luckily. No, I've forgotten it, deliberately. Um, she wants to be an author. She, she now thinks that she's got the gift of writing. Right. She certainly doesn't have the gift of personality, but I suppose we'll put up with most things in this country. That's another delusional person, I'm afraid. OK, tell you what we do. Have a, we'll have a quick break for the news headlines, and we'll take more of your texts and emails. Jonathan Levi's here to go through the papers, so we'll do that as well. If you've just woken up, it's LBC 97.3. It's Wednesday morning, time now, 630 
Well, you've reached John and Vicar on the way to Aldershot to go fishing, says Mary. Poor souls, honestly. I can't think of anything more dull than going fishing. I mean, out of all the dull things to do, fishing tops my list. I've, I've never got into it. No. I've never been able to I did to it years ago it. with my cousins, Stephen and Martin. But, oh, God, some my brother like, does it. Some people like nothing more, don't they, than to go on their own, yes. sit somewhere all night... I can't. I, I can't. I can't see the attraction the of just sitting there staring at the water. I mean, do you, do you contemplate the water or something? What do they do? They probably listen to LBC on headphones. <laughs> very wise. How very very wise. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at lbc.co.uk. We were talking the other day on the program about games that you play because all the kids. The reason for rioting is that they're bored because they haven't got anything to do. And then we we mm. raised the, the question when we were children. If ever you were bored, your dad said, "Oh, if you're bored." Go and give your mother a hand in the garden. No, 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 no. All of a sudden you found something to do. Yeah. Because you didn't want to do that. And loads of people... I mean, just having a, a ball up against a wall, you know, two balls. Girls were very good with balls. And uh, French skipping, which apparently was tying two, two clothes together to make a long hoop and two persons inside the hoop while the other person would jump between the lines. That sounds very common. I don't know what that was. it's a great privilege to be bored. I mean, it means that you've got nothing you have to do. I mean, it's lucky to be bored. Yeah, nothing worse than saying that to your parents. No, I know, but I'm when you're bored. bored... I know, but so much of childhood is boring. You know, you're lucky if your, your child was boring. You don't have to be up a chimney or out to work or, you know, working in a shop or something. I mean, yes. it means that you've got time to contemplate and to think about things. And, I mean, it's loads of childhood's boring. You've got to get used to kind of boredom. But we used to, I mean, even sitting There's in the back no of the car... There's no excuse to go and nick from a shop, is it? No, no, no. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I think that isn't a boring thing to do. That's no. actually, you, you are doing something constructive. Yeah. It's, it, it's against your own community, and of course it's, it's not advisable. But at least you're doing something. But you think, how can you not have, be imaginative and think of something to do? We used to, when we went to the beach, you, know, you could spend ages building out a castle with making little marble runs that went yeah. all around it to go through tunnels, put your fingers through the sand and everything else. But they just, they don't seem to have any imagination now. No. They don't do it. What did you do as a child? Oh, look for tadpoles. Yeah, you see, tadpoling was good. Or shrimping on the beach. Built um, tree houses. Did you? Well, little ones. Good Lord, we were adventurous. And then you get a, you get a sheet and you build a little den between oh, the sofa and the dining table. Yes, yes. Somebody, actually, somebody mentioned that, strangely. Somebody mentioned actually sort of, you know, covering the dining room table with a cloth and making it your den. Yeah, climb underneath. When yeah. you look back, though, it Teddings. doesn't actually seem that exciting, does it? We just covered the dining room table and made a den. We, yeah, we you didn't create a very exciting sort of den feeling yes. inside, especially with teddies and... We get a bit of chocolate and take it in there or something, and then yes, that, that's true actually, yeah. And have a sort of picnic of some sort. Yeah, in the we used to do it in the garden with, with a big sort of blanket, yeah. And then you tie something between two trees, generally my brother, and uh, you drape the blanket over them, and that then becomes your your den. And then you can prepare a show for your parents, do a little theatre production. Yes, you get a desk lamp and shine it towards you like it's a stage. Oh right, and okay. then uh, open the hide behind the curtain and come out and then do a do a little show. Right. You, you did that, that, did you? Yeah. No, I didn't do that. You didn't do that? Well, my, my you line father... up the, the chairs like it's a theatre? No, sadly not. Is no. that just me? No, no we, we, we didn't have that many chairs in our house. Oh. We didn't. And, and no, also... two or three chairs. Oh, right, yeah. My, my father did build me a puppet theatre. Oh, I built my own puppet theatre. Oh, did you? Oh, God, yeah. you were advanced. Oh, no, I, my father built it with little with red curtains. My mum made the red curtains and a light and everything, and I, I put on shows, mainly for my own amusement. We could have we did Meccano? Do you do Meccano? No, we couldn't afford Meccano. We were a very poor family. We struggled. Did you do glue, little uh, model-making with glue and uh, We did do, yeah. Not, wood? No, that was quite expensive, too. We didn't do much of that, either. Right. We just amused ourselves, you know, climbing trees, picking apples, biting them, going, they're sour, yeah. and then throwing them on the floor. Yeah. And wondering why the wasps were all... Uh, 
Uh, Jan in Dunstable says, squally showers are brief and windy. Oh, is that A bit like Kerry Katona's career, she says. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Top sportsman, Mark Cavendish. Woman of the Year, Kelly Brook. I think we know where we're heading there. (laughs) A lot of people seem to like Kelly Brook. She's very popular. So, The Only Way is Essex um, is in crisis because the stars aren't happy about the amount of money that they're paid. Yeah. It's very clever, that show, because it's it's made by Lime Pictures, so it's transmitted on ITV, but it's made by... Line pictures that made Hollyoaks and therefore right. a drama company that yeah. made the show. And they're clever the way they did it, I think, because they contracted them for the first series. And because it was the first series, nobody gets paid very much. You don't know if it's going to work very well. Mm. But it did work really well. But obviously they weren't paid that much. But they get profile and then they can, they're can free to make money elsewhere. So that's the deal. Yes. But then I think they've done, as far as I know, they've contracted them for series two and three as, a, as two series. So that therefore... And, and, you know, they, they don't make a huge amount of money from it, but they do get a profile they wouldn't otherwise yeah. get. Nobody would know who they were. No. And they're free to make as much money as they want on the side and because of the profile that the show's giving them. Yes. Um, because talk here of them of, of actually walking, I thought, you'll be in breach of contract, they'll sue you. Well, it's true. But they're not actors. They're mm. not sort of trained actors and part of equity and all that, are they? So they're no. not... They, they, it's very tempting for these all these people in these shows to get really ahead of themselves and above themselves. They've started, unfortunately, for, for most of the women, they've started believing the publicity, yeah. that the public really love them. Yeah. The public really couldn't care less whether they were there or whether they weren't there. Or whether they're them or someone else that's a bit like them. Yes. That's interchangeable. But let's face it, them. most of these people seem to live in and around Brentwood, where it seems to be like a little, a little cosmopolitan sort of place, because the rest of Essex isn't like that at all. No. So, it really isn't. You know, I think they should make the most of the... Yeah. profile that it gives them yes. and the window they've got to become famous yes. and use every part of their personality and skill to try and generate a profile and, and a career for themselves through that window. Yeah. You know, it's not for that show to give them a huge amount of money. No, absolutely, I, I agree. But it has given them the, the profile, which is the interesting bit. Uh, we've talked about the 9-11 memorial. There's a 30-foot a thirty foot piece of... Uh, of uh, the World Trade Centre in this country now in Battersea Park, and right. it's going to be moved to outside um, what used to be County Hall. And uh, we asked yesterday whether or not people thought it was a, a good memorial to have or whether we shouldn't have it here. It's in bad taste. And uh, Colin says, well, it makes perfect sense in New York. It uh, makes far less sense in London. I wouldn't go so far as to call it macabre, but I would say it's out of place and not entirely appropriate in London, especially when it has its own terrorist atrocities that can be memorialised and which would be more significant to the city than something that happened in New York. Quite a number of people were saying that yesterday. Yeah. We should have a... Se- is there a 7-7 memorial? I don't know whether there is one. Uh, not that I know. No. I mean, there should be, there should be one, shouldn't there? Yes, there is. If yes, there is. Yes, yes. There is. But then we've, we've got this one, which is enormous. It's 30... Th- I don't think anybody else has got a piece of it apart from us. Right. But we were just curious as to why, and it's been put together by an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot to mention the How Low winner on Sunday of the iPhone 3GS. My fault, very remiss, it was a lovely lady called Janice from Crawley, and Janice bid 12p. 12p, and that was made at 12 minutes past seven when we just started the programme. And nobody went under 12p. So, well, well done, Janice. Well done to you. Peter Andre's new calendar is out, very short of 2012. It's hilarious. It's so funny. The airbrushing is so patently obvious. You, you, it's almost like somebody has painted on what they think a six-pack should be. Unfortunately, they appear to have painted it on in the wrong part of his body. It's, abs- it's so funny. I don't know who, who buys... I mean, there's a, I'll only show you a little picture there, the bottom one. is Peter Andre. I mean, everybody has said, have you ever seen Photoshop so bad? 
It that's really is shocking, ludicrous. That's absolutely ludicrous. Almost as ludicrous as that um, funny Australian bloke with the funny hair in the Big Brother house with the... Yes, he's very odd. ...with the sort of... He, he, he's had surgical implants. He's had surgical implants yes. to give himself a six-pack on his gut. He, yes, he has, I'm afraid. He has. I, I don't think that's, that's the normal. most extraordinary. Well, he, he's actually a very peculiar person anyway. Yeah. But it looks so strange. Yeah. There's well, nothing about him, nothing else about him looks healthy, so he's no, got these... Nothing about him looks nice. armour-plated stomach. Yes. I th- he, he did it because he couldn't be bothered to actually do the workout, whereas Peter Andre quite clearly has given up as well. Um, I mean, who, I mean, this, this, if this is the calendar and it seriously is as bad as this, it's laughable. That's ludicrous. I mean, it is. It's hilarious, Pete, but then we think you're quite funny anyway. So your nominations for International Man or Woman of the Year, politician, author, sports personality, etc. are 84850 or LBC 973. And the 7-7 memorial is those steel pillars uh, in Hyde Park representing oh. all those who, uh, who died. I've not even seen it yet. I've not even seen it. No. I've, st- I've still not seen the Diana Memorial Fountain either. Or uh, the, the thing that ground to a halt. Well, it was working, it was good, and then it, then it stopped working, and then it mm. became somewhere for people to wash their feet, I'm afraid. Not very pleasant. Uh, Pat is the one talking out. She says, when it rained, we got our stamps out, played marbles, played cards, and made dens under the dining room table. Lovely. Quarter to seven. <laughs> News headlines with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. A murder investigation's underway after the death of a... The papers today for uh, Nick Tom Watson, Labour MP for West Bromwich East, who sits on the Culture, Media and Sports Select Committee. And Alistair Darling will be in talking about his memoirs, former Chancellor of the Exchequer. I also ask you the question this morning, have you ever appeared on a quiz show? Have you ever been on a quiz show? Which one was it? Do tell me, and tell me how you did. 84850, steve at or 97.3, 97.3. There's quite a nice um, back-at-school story here uh, for all teachers and pupils on their way to school this morning. Lads called Aaron, Callum and Connor strike fear into the hearts of teachers. School staff say that they can often tell which youngsters will be troublemakers by looking at the register when they get their new classes. Girls' names Courtney, Abby and Amy are thought to be the hardest to manage. The report, um, LisaHennyHerBounty.com, which did the report, rightly or wrongly, it's only natural to make assumptions about what children might be like by hearing their names. And certain names, those names I mentioned, mm. seem to strike um, a nerve with teachers. They're the names that teachers are most worried about on their register. Teachers sit there and want to go, we've got two Connors and an Abbey. <laughs> oh, no. Go home now. What if they really think that? I don't know. I was always real goody-goody at school. Oh, I'm sure they were thrilled to have goody. a little Steve. I, absolutely. I was the one with the apple on the desk. <laughs> the invitation to come round our house any time you want to eat. A jacket potato and a tissue in your pocket. <laughs> absolutely. No, I hated school. I never liked school at all. Mm. I liked it when I was little, but I can't remember those bits. Yeah. I, was, I did get the cane at school. I do remember. Yeah. I, I, was big, I think sometimes intentionally. Now, of course, you couldn't get away with things like that. Uh, Dan says, good morning. With regards to the Only Wears Essex, I'd like to add that not even Brentwood uh, is how they make it. The whole programme is a misrepresentation. It would be great if it folded. Yes, because I've I've said before, I've been to the Essex County show and various other shows. You don't see anybody who look like this bedraggled bunch of... Of um, of people yeah. at all? They, no. they just they seem to overdress and sort of wander around the streets. I mean, they must stick out like a sore thumb. Dreadful. Um, watch the only way is Essex for ten minutes. Says Jack's dull as Dutch water. Lolly says I was lucky enough to be a contestant on Crosswits. Do you remember Crosswits? I vaguely remember Tom O'Connor. Tom O'Connor. Oh, yeah. I was very happy with my signed dictionary. <laughs> and to have the fabulous John Junkin as my partner, Tom and his wife, the wonderful Bernard Breslau, and the lovely Rachel Hayhoe Flint were warm and funny. Worth it just to meet them. 
I remember that. I, I sat next to Tom O'Connor at, I think, one of the uh, Lady Rattling's lunches. He's such a nice man. I hope they give him countdown, I think. Uh, red or black? Only a small step away from the running man, says Henry in Guildford. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, and Ray says, could it be we are also tiring of Ant and Deck? Well, I don't think so. They still pull, don't they? They're still pull big yeah. audiences. They're, yeah, big stars, stars, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. De- definitely. I should imagine they're very expensive, but, but mm. oh, no. I, I don't think we're tiring of them because they don't have that unlikability quotient. They, they just go on there and do it. A bit like Philip Schofield, sure. who sort of, you know, just laughs his way through most things. <clears throat> Although the hair's looking a bit strange of late, I've discovered. It's, <laughs> it's started going a bit thin now, yeah. and it's, uh, it's, it's not quite looking the same way. Take your pick. Contestants used to win five bob if they beat Michael Miles in the yes-no interlude. Did you ever remember that before your time? before my time. Little man would stand there with a gong, and Michael Miles would ask some questions. And if you said the word yes or no, they would bang the gong and you're out. But if you, if you went all the way through, you, you got five shillings. <laughs> <laughs> or a clock if you were on Mr and Mrs, which was very exciting. Uh, Joe says... Uh, this is lovely Joe Hardman. Please wish Lexi luck, because she's due to have kittens today. She's a Bengal cat... And uh, there's a Bengal kitten on sale in Harrods this week for £1,200. They're lovely Bengals, aren't they? They've got that lovely marking. Oh, yeah. Very nice, though. Good luck, Lexi. You think she speaks English? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Broadcaster of the Year. Uh, Yes, says Stuart, that'll be me. Followed by you, apparently. He's obviously only listening this morning, so that's that one. Uh, and Daz said, I went on going for gold with Henry Kelly, won a holiday to Paris. Fantastic. I used to like going for gold. That yeah. was quite good. Was, was, was that the one where they brought in contestants from other countries? And I used to um, be amazed at their knowledge. They, they weren't even doing a quiz in their language. It's very good. I'm trying to understand Henry Kelly. Hi, you. He was very good as well. Uh, right Around the World, hosted by Ian Wright, says Lisa in Enfield. I won. I don't remember that one. Was that a quiz? It must take an ages to film that one. I know when they used to do him on the lottery, they waited for days. He was constantly making it. He couldn't read auto cue, couldn't do anything. Poor soul. Never mind. I'm sure he's happy in his own little world. Battle of the Cougars and the new series of Strictly Come Dancing. Nance Leader, Lollio versus Lulu. The lineup's been announced in today's She's 12 papers. She's Lu- 12 years older, Lulu is. Lulu is? Yeah. She looks pretty N- good, Nancy's she, claiming really? to be 50. We all had her down as 80, but, I mean, she says yeah. 50. 50 again. Yeah, again and again. Audley Harrison, Rory Bremner, Holly Valance, Jason Donovan, Chelsea Healy, Edwina Curry. Mm. She, 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 she'll do well. Russell Grant. Yeah. He, he will be the comedy element. Dan Lobb, who's, I mean, who's on Daybreak. I mean, there's always a few slightly peculiar random yes. ones on there. It's where, where their agents nice, take their very good value, yeah. we're, and, we're, and we're looking forward to sort of the, the, them sort of moving on. But it's the cast, isn't it? You've got like, the young, good-looking, hunky guy and the old, slightly crazy... Who's the good-looking, hunky guy? Well, I suppose they, they, they've got Dan Lobb in that position. Oh, right. They? Or Harry Judd from McFly. Yes, he's all right. Yep. He's, he's OK. I don't know why he's doing it, though. I mean, does, is it not like being in Eurovision? It takes away your credibility. Don't know, Or does really. the programme have credibility? I think the programme's got a certain amount of credibility. Yes. Strictly come dancing. And so we think the, the joke character this time round will be... Edwina Curry, I suppose. Oh, you think? Oh, do you I, think? I thought um, Russell Grant. Oh, well, well, I suppose so, yeah. I thought Russell Grant would be the, the one who can't dance for yeah. toffee. Yes. I've just got this feeling. And Ed- Edwina will really work her little socks off. And really to go be for it. Really, really good. She'll really go for it. Hey, Papa. I think so. Simon Cowell's first TV appearance was on the sale of the century, says Rod. He, 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 I've seen an audition for Simon trying to go for something. Because before he hit with all these programmes, yeah. he was just another pundit around television yeah. programme looking for something to present. And a record producer. 
Yes. Yeah. Very successful record producer. I used to love Sale of the Century, but with Nicholas Parsons. And John Benson, what's the next offer we tempt them with? Well, two shillings will buy you this decanter. And they go, beep, <laughs> you buy these things for next to nothing. Nowadays, of course, it's million pounds and, uh, and the horrible people that go along with it. But there's some nice people on quiz shows. I just don't want to see Daphne on any quiz shows from the Egghead. She's so smug, it drives me mad. Any of that panel on that side, <laughs> they just drive me mad. It's terrible, really. Um, another story, they, they reckon 65 mile an hour storms are going to hit Britain. You've got weeks of this mad weather before the freeze comes in. So they're, they're predicting already, let's hope they're wrong, that it's going to be a bad winter this year, uh, which is what I've said already. I think that what we're going to end up with is an awful lot of frosty mornings. Mm. So it's out with the winter coat, start putting them into the dry cleaners, yeah. getting ready, because you're going to start wearing them very Could shortly. Months of cold weather, get your central heating fixed before it gets too... Uh, oh, don't say that. I was thinking that's the kiss of death. Sometimes you sit there thinking, I hope the boiler doesn't break. Next thing, the boiler breaks. You get so I'm not that horrible fate. feeling and the boiler and the little red lights flashing fault. Stop it. Stop it. Don't F- even think about F1 it. There'll be people fault. listening at the moment. Yes, F4, F4 fault. What is F4? I it's the ignition Push the fault. It doesn't work. I've got no heating. You try and reignite the thing and then it doesn't go up and then... Mine filled up with water once. Really? I was sitting there. It was like, oh, it was like a big on a submarine. It was horrible. It was absolutely terrible. I wish you'd not mentioned it. I'm now. I'm going to have to go home and have a have a have a, a lie down. I think, Jonathan Levi. Thank you. Thank you very much. Jonathan will be uh, bringing more programmes to your television very very shortly. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Uh, do take an umbrella today and uh, batten down the hatches at home as the squalls come in. The squally weather. It's our new word of the day, which we love very much indeed. Nick and the team with you after the news at seven o'clock. And uh, they'll be taking your calls as well on a variety of topics. Don't forget to go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, to find out how you can learn to be an ace podcaster. I'm back with you tomorrow morning at five. Have a lovely day. Here's the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing up 54 points at 51.50.